0: Again, River Life Church, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, Awesome first part of Pastor Greg about the worst things that could happen. And like what Pastor Greg had mentioned, on the flip side, there's... The best thing that could happen, and so this morning I'm going to be talking about unity. Uh, one of my fondest memories about River Life were the days when we were Mobile Church. Now, some of you who were here in the first two, three years might disagree with me because we had to wake up early, we had to wake up, you know, some of us woke up five, six in the morning to drive to Pastor Greg's house, hook up the trailers, tow the trailers that had all our equipment in, the, in them to set up. So some of you might disagree with me, but I was, it was a very fond memory because it built this this culture of unity that you had to wake up early, so I had to wake up early, so we were in this together. I wasn't by myself, you weren't by yourself, we were doing this together. And so I, I really loved that. And knowing that, again, we, had a sh- we, we were sharing a similar uh, purpose, we were sharing a, a common goal at, at that time of bringing hope and healing to second gen mong. I mean, that was awesome. So, Palmer's like, shoot, you know, if I'm gonna lose some sleep in the morning, at least I'm doing it for a great cause. If I'm gonna have to stay late after church, at least I'm doing it for a great cause. How about you? I'm curious what you know. When the time you experienced unity and how did that make you feel? How has unity showed up in your life? In our society, unity has been something that's resurfacing, and I think we see it in some of our current events. And so we know that St. Paul's schools recently had a strike, and so that takes an entire group of people to be united in the same thought with a common goal. And so we, we just recently saw that happen this last week. And even within the last couple of years, regardless if you agree with them or not, social justice movements... you Unity has resurfaced in having a same goal, same shared common goal um, to meet. Unity is crucial for the mission of every church. And so not only is it important for everything outside, but I think it's also crucial for the stuff that happens inside church because unity leads others to know and experience God's love. And the best passage that talks about this is found in John chapter 17, verse 20 to 23. And I'm going to be reading from the NIV. And so feel free to pull that up. I'm not going to read that quite yet. But John chapter 17, verses 20 to 23. Before we dive into this passage... I'm going to give you a little bit of context to, to better understand what's happening. And so between John chapter 13 and John chapter 17, Jesus is spending time preparing his disciples for what's to come. In these few chapters here, Jesus is spending his last couple hours, his last night with his disciples before he is going to be crucified on the cross. Here are some of the things that Jesus did. He washes his disciples' feet as a sign for his disciples to serve others. He predicts that Peter is going to deny Jesus three times. Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit will take his place to continue to guide them. And then finally in chapter 17, Jesus prays for himself, his disciples, and us. Yeah, Jesus prays for us. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, before you or I ever existed, he prays for us. So let's read what it says in John chapter 17, verse 20 to 23. And again, I'm reading from the NIV. So this is what it says. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me, and have loved them even as you love me. Again, let's just pause there for just a second. To think that Jesus prayed for you and I thousands of years ago when he was on earth, before us, before we existed, knowing well that the things he prayed for in these few verses I just read would be so relevant to us right now. So let's go and let's break down these passages to better understand what Jesus is praying for. I'll we'll break these up into a couple portions and sentences. And so the first part is going to be verses 20 and part of 21. So this is what it says in 20 and 21. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So right before this verse, Jesus just finished praying for his disciples. So when it says, my prayer is not for them That's referring to his disciples. Jesus then says, I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, which is us, you and I. Jesus then prays that we, you and I, will be one, like how God and Jesus are one. So what does that mean? Being one is to be a reflection of the unity that has existed eternally between the Father and the Son, namely, the unity of a common mind and purpose, an unqualified or unconditional mutual love, and a sustained comprehensive togetherness in mission, as revealed in the Father-Son relationship characterized by Jesus' own ministry. I'll break that down a little little bit, uh, break that down a bit for us a little later. But it's basically us, you know, being one is us reflecting the same relationship that Jesus and God has. And again, that relationship has existed for eternity. So Jesus is praying for us to experience unity with other Christ followers, like how he experiences unity with God. On top of that, the next part of Jesus' prayer for us is this. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus prays that we also experience unity with God and Jesus. So not only are we united as Christ followers, but we're also united with God and Jesus. When Jesus says world, he refers to people who do not know Jesus. But when we are united with other Christ followers, when we're united with Jesus, and when we're united with God, those who do not know Jesus begin to consider Jesus. Why? Unity causes others to consider who Jesus is. It's going back to our definition of unity because I think it points out why others would come to consider that Jesus is real when they see our unity. The unity that we get to experience, you and I get to experience with Jesus and God, has existed in all eternity. Man, that's a deep relationship. Everyone shares a common mind and purpose. There's an unconditional mutual love and non-stop togetherness in mission. Now I want to make it clear, unity is not uniformity. Uniformity means we're all the same, and we're not that. God doesn't call us to uniformity. He calls us to unity. And so you and I, we're all distinct. We're still our own persons. We still have our own li- our, our likes and dislikes. And so God is not calling us to be uniform with each other. He's calling us to be united with each other. I think we'd all want that, to experience a relationship that has lasted eternity, to share a common mind and a common purpose, to experience unconditional mutual love, and to have a nonstop togetherness and mission. Now Jesus's prayer continues in verse 22 and part 23 where he says this I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity The basic understanding of glory is the right understanding of God so when Jesus says I have given them I have given them the glory it says Jesus has given us the right understanding of God. And it's important to have the right understanding of who God is because it teaches us that Jesus loves us and desires to save us so that we can be in relationship with God. And then notice how Jesus says, I and them, and you and me. This is important too because it is Jesus' relationship with us that brings us. With God brings us into right relationship with God and experience complete unity. That's just really good basic theology that is consistent to Jesus giving us a right understanding of God. And the one thing I wanted to point out is at the end of verse twenty three it says that we are brought into unity. We are brought into unity. This tells me that unity is something that we don't naturally possess if someone's bringing us into unity. I mean, think about it. We can get so divisive um, over preferences, not even values, just preferences. You know, do you like fire or capon? Android or iPhone? Republican or Democrat? We also have to understand that we are broken. And so it's our natural tendencies to want to divide and separate, to isolate. Jesus comes to bring us into unity. Our brokenness naturally separates us. It separates us from God, separates us from others. And because brokenness is our reality, it's going to take something natu- supernatural to make us united. We're told here that Jesus brings us into unity. And if we look in the Bible, this is consistent. I think this is most evident among Jesus' disciples, the ones who were closest to him, the ones who were united because of Jesus. Two of his disciples, Matthew, who was a tax collector, and Simon, who was a zealot, is a great example of this. You get Matthew, who's working for the government as a tax collector, while Simon was a part of a militant group opposing and trying to overthrow that very same government. I mean, talk about being able to sit with someone who has the same different political views. I mean, these two guys were probably in constant flux and, and maybe even conflict with each other, but because of Jesus, they were able to unite and sell those differences. Complete unity also describes this idea that something, it also describes something that God brings into accomplishment. So when God says that he, when Jesus says that he brings us into complete unity, in a sense, when we are united through Jesus, it is an accomplished goal of God's. To be united is an accomplished goal of God's. And then here's the last part of Jesus's prayer the last part of the the second half of 23. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. I want to highlight a, a word that we can easily skip over, and it's then. Then is such a crucial word in this verse. Then indicates that when all these things are done and all these things have happened, there's a result and an outcome that comes from it. And the result is this that when we experience complete unity with Christ followers Jesus and God it results in this our unity leads those who do not believe in Jesus to know that God sent Jesus and that God loves them. You say that one more time. Our unity leads those who do not believe in Jesus to know that God sent Jesus and that God loves them. Unity leads others to know and experience God's love. You don't have to argue theology or, be a, or, or, or argue Bible with someone to get them to believe in God's love. Unity leads others to know and experience God's love. You don't have to be a preacher to get them to believe. Unity leads others to know and experience God's love. You don't have to convince them with anything, because it's unity that leads others to know and experience God's love. So what does this mean for you? You can experience unity too. Being a Christ follower means you are a part of a united community. So how can you tap into that? At River Life, you can experience this in our small groups. You can be a part of a small group that is united. You could volunteer somewhere in the church and be united in sharing a common purpose of leading others to know and experience God's love and simply by being united. You don't have to be a theology buff or a great leader the greatest impact that you can make is being united with other Christ followers, being united with Jesus, and being united with God. Now what does this look like for River Life as a whole? What can we do in understanding that unity shows God's love to others? I think in our current situation right now, with the peacetime state of emergency in Minnesota with COVID-19 coronavirus. As difficult as it is during this unfortunate situation for some of us, imagine if the world sees the church, if the world sees River Life united during this time of, you know, anxiety, of fear, of concerns. Imagine what difference we could make in showing people that, hey, God loves you, God's going to take care of you, and that we're going to be okay. Imagine the impact we could make showing others our unity, and now how we can lead others to know and experience God's love for them.